Hello, monsters. My name is Jane Judge. Welcome to Monsters University, a homebrew tabletop role-playing game hosted live at twitch.tv slash janejudge. Enjoy this silly role-playing game with me and my friends. Hello, welcome to Monsters University. Ghouls, girlies, beasties, whatever you are. Um, yeah, this is a homebrew horny tabletop role-playing game. And let's start this off with the bank. Happy Valentine's Day! All right, uh, this is a tabletop role-playing game loosely based on the rules of D&D and or Vampire the Masquerade. Uh, it has a few content warnings associated. This game is intended for people who are 18 and over. So if you're not 18, go ahead and X out of this little window right here. Um, yeah, we're sexy monsters. We're doing body horror. We're doing romance, intrigue, murder, uh, drugs and alcohol, mesmerizing and mind powers. So all the fun stuff, you know. Um, so here are my very sexy players. Let's go this direction this time, starting with Violet. I play Lily the Succubus. Awesome, Cassie. Cassie Cummings, and I get to play Kimmy Could Kimmy Pudding Pop, the sexy gelatinous cube. Div. Hi, I'm Girlbot Div, and I play Kate Bender Stone. Ricky. And Dominique. Dominique Delirium, and I play Evelyn Lycandra, the werewolf. And I'm Jane Judge. I'll be your game master for tonight. And we're going to be doing some weird stuff. (laughs) So last episode, episode three, we found the second half of the key to the underworld. And the players opened up the coffin to the netherworld. And from in there, they retrieved Lord Grimalt, who they were trying to bring back to life as a lich. But Carnilla, the desired and devourer, came through as well. And her hologram came out of the portal from hell and left a mark on each of their souls. So the players will be dealing with that this episode. Let's see, did I miss anything in the recap, y'all? Oh, we also had a very lovely little scene with Bender and Sarah last episode. So, let's move in to the events of episode four. Do, 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 do. We are going to start tonight in the amphitheater. Or in the theater, excuse me, the regular theater. And I will move you all there now. The theater. The theater with an E on the end. So, tonight we have a performance. Now, this performance was supposed to happen before the school's orgy, but as you all know, the orgy has been postponed due to unfortunate murder. So here we are in the theater, and uh, up on stage, you see P. Jared Arbor, 
halfway through an impassioned speech. And in the front row, we have Kimmy Puddin' Pop, hanging on every word. Jared is doing a open air Shakespeare performance. It's a self-edited modern Hamlet and he plays every character. Uh, and it's uh, translated into modern terminology. So he's uh, frantically switching wigs and hats and uh, doing like a to be or not to be, that's the real cap. So yeah, um, there's about six different costumes and P. Jared is like throwing his heart into this performance, his little wooden body moving across the stage. Um, you can see a few lines that string him to the ceiling and every once in a while he does like a pirouette that is uh, impossibly long as he hangs from the ceiling ropes. And um, finally the performance is over and there's not really any clapping. You hear someone like <coughs> in the theater. And uh, he throws off his wig and says, thank you, thank you, I'll perform an encore tomorrow. I clap wetly front Ah, oh, yes, my truest fans. I'll meet you in the green room after. And he sort of gathers up four of his uh, large wigs and shuffles off stage into the back room. Going straight for the green Sorry, y'all. I, I got places to be, so I'm gonna. Okay. You open up the green room, and P. Jared is living it. He is high off the performance vibes. He's dancing and spinning, and you can see his uh, little ropes are still attached to the ceiling in here somehow. And he's like using them to sort of um, do a little aerial jumps around. Oh, oh my me. god. I wasn't sure you'd come. Oh, I wouldn't miss this. I'm going to come tomorrow, too. But I definitely uh, just hung on every one of your words tonight. You were amazing. Oh, my god. Your dance moves. Transcendent. Oh, thank you. I edited them myself, and I did my own choreography. I don't know if you could tell. I... Oh my god. I I just I just thought that, that you had been possessed by the gods and were allowing their spirits to move through you as you projected these these words and, and feelings and emotions. Just uh. Jared is like eating up every word and you can see his like leafy sort of barkish hair is like puffed up a little bit and uh, he's clearly got some like makeup applied to it. And he's, uh, you know, preening in the mirror as you're telling him all of this. And he turns around and says, well, thank you. Maybe you want to come over to mine for the, you know, after party. Are you, are you serious? Of, co of course I would. <laughs> yeah, we have, uh, what, 30 minutes before the performances in the amphitheater? You know, we could, uh, uh, I don't know, dr dr drink something? Oh, yeah, of course. Um, what do you like? Uh, water. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I like water. That's cool. I like water, too. It keeps me hydrated and wet. Ooh, you are so slimy today. I, uh, I saw you maybe yesterday with that pink hat on. You were really killing it. You like the hat? Really? Oh, my God. Of course. Do you still have it? Yeah, I do. I'll, I'll 
wear it for you uh, later today at the party. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, okay, we got about three more minutes before someone else needs the green room. There's another performance after this, so, uh... Oh. oh. Uh, you want to come to my room for a minute? Of course I do. Oh, I'm so, I'm so glad. You said yes. You said yes. Okay, what do I do? What do I do? He's like uh, kind of panicking. He grabs a little like bag of stuff off of the counter and he's like putting a little bit more makeup in his little bark hair. And then he's like, do, 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 do. okay, uh, let's go. You can hear him like little wooden clogs clopping down the hallway as the two of you walk to uh, the student areas. You had to, do you go to his bedroom or yours? Well, he said his place, so I'm going to go to his. Okay, you follow Mine doesn't have good vibes you. for fucking in. <laughs> <laughs> it has some very moist vibes. It's so moist. So you all head to P. Jared's room. And you see it's got um, sort of murals on the walls that are like works in progress, clearly self-painted. And there's like a big tree on one side and you can see a bunch of little figures hanging from the tree by strings. They look like uh, anatomical wooden dolls. And um, then on the other side, he's got like a collection of colognes and perfumes and little bottles of uh, powder and stage makeup and stuff like that on his dresser. I would like to look at the colognes and perfumes and stage makeup. Okay, you pick up a few, you sniff them. A lot of them smell like sandalwood, beach, fur. Most of them have sort of like a woody, earthy scent to them. Oh, I love these smells. Oh, yeah. Uh, t t tell me which one's your favorite. I'll put it on. Hmm. I like the one you're wearing. Oh, <laughs> uh, I put this one on way before the performance. I don't know, I must smell like oil at this point. No, it's it's nice, it's nice. So like, you have so many of these. Is this, is this how you like really sink into character? Because I've noticed that like you can take on a lot of varied roles and you're so good at it. Oh yeah, I mean, each of my characters has a distinctive scent. So uh, that's kind of how I differentiate them. So you can, uh, you know, smell me and find out who I'm playing today. That's That's incredible, oh my God. I, I knew you were, like, a step above, but, like, oh, my God. This smell, the ghost of Hamlet. And he, like, gives you the inside of his arm to smell it. It smells like cedar. I, I'm i kidding. Like, notes of, uh, of royalty? Is that right? Oh, uh, well, you flatter me. But, yes, absolutely. That's correct. Amazing. Oh, my gosh. Wow. I can't believe I'm in each Jared's room. This is incredible. He's like kind of clearing some sweaters and stuff off of the bed so that you can sit. Oh, I, I mean, I wasn't really prepared for someone to come over. It looks like he's vacuumed the carpet. He was very prepared for someone to come over. The, sweat, the sweaters were decoratively thrown. Yes, artfully. And you see, as he says that, his nose kind of grows and shrinks a little bit. Oh, it's, you know, it's, it's not, it's not too much of a mess. I mean, gosh, you should see my room. It's, it's dank. And like, not the good kind of dank. It's like, dank, dank. Oh, gonna grow uh, some mold on my torso if I stay over there. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you aren't moving 
but I, I have a feeling that maybe you'd, you'd have some action. <laughs> and you could see his little cheeks turn like flush red when you say that. Um, so, uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know what we would even do. I tell you the truth, I've, I've never done this before. And his nose doesn't move at all when he says that. Well, uh, to be honest, you know, I haven't really either, but um, I, I, think I, I think I know how this works. Oh, okay. And he, like, reaches out his hand to you, like, very expectantly. I will <laughs> take my, my uh, humanoid shape, and I'll take his hand in mine, and I'll pull him close and go for a kiss. Ooh, okay. So you like um, sort of spring into your gelatinous humanoid shape and he is like, oh, and he gives you like a full up down. Yep, yep. <laughs> and um, his eyes are just like so wide as you come in for a kiss and you come in and you put a little peck on the side of his cheek and it leaves like a perfect little slime kiss mark. He says, oh, uh, thank you. That was nice. I liked it too. Can we, should, should we do it again? Yes. He like comes in and gives you a very kind of stiff wooden kiss. <laughs> and um, there's like a perfect little slime mark on his lips now. And it's just sort of stretching in with the one on his cheek. And he like turns towards you and then looks at the mirror and he says, oh, uh, Okay, we, we have about 10 minutes before we have to get to the, the um, you know, the wrestling arena, and I don't, um, sh should we head over there now? The wrestling arena? You want to watch that? Oh, I mean, not if you have something else you want to do. I mean, it's just, it's my brother, and he's going to win anyway, it doesn't matter. Oh, yes, but did you hear who he's fighting? Does it matter? <laughs> it matters when you hear this and P. Jared always has the gossip he's like laying into the drama he's like Ishtal is gonna be there and I have heard he is so mad he's gonna punch a hole right through Jared that's that's who my brother's wrestling oh yeah you're gonna want to see this you might have I to be there to pick up the slime after I definitely want to see that can we get front row seats I want to be in the splash zone Oh, I, I'm, I'm sure I can pull something with the theater department. And his, like, nose grows a little. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Well, we'll we'll save this for later, right? I mean, we're not going anywhere. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, you can come over after. Okay, all right. Uh, I just got to watch my brother get beat up first. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, I'll meet you there. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll save you a seat. Thanks. And I'll walk out and then collapse down into a cube and slide away. Okay. As you are leaving, um, you turn around and you see a little hint of like P. Jared scraping the slime off and putting it in like a little jar on his dresser. Incredible. <laughs> okay. And he also like douses himself with the cedar spray as he like yes. gets ready to come out. <laughs> Okay, and we're gonna move to the arena. So everyone is here. This is the biggest event that's happening in school today. There's gonna be a fight and people have turned up.
Okay, everyone is here in the amphitheater. So, you see <clears throat> Jeremy Puddin Pop, a amorphic slime cube just like uh, Kimmy, who is sort of flexing in a tank top, like popping out a humanoid arm with just massive biceps and muscles and like kind of hamming it up gladiatorial style in the middle of this amphitheater. And it's just full of all your classmates. Everyone is here. And the five of you are kind of sitting uh, maybe towards the front right area. So you have sort of a semi-private area so you can talk about stuff um, without somebody listening in. So what is it you all are talking about in this moment? Well, I'm definitely spilling the beans about where I just was. Oh my God, I was in BJ at Arbor's room. Oh my God, we kissed. Yes, and I melt a little bit. Assuming it went well. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna like maybe hook up tonight. I don't know. Oh my God. Oh my God. Can I hang out outside the door? Girl, of course you can. Yes. <laughs> oh, it's Those insane. little headphones that listen under the door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just be able to, like turn into a bat and hang out in the corner. You kind of just, you'd fit in. Okay, as the five of you are talking, all of you feel that little moat in the center of your chest that Carnilla had implanted. All five of you at once feel the same sort of pulse of energy. And then nothing again. And then a pulse of energy. You feel maybe once or twice a minute. It's not very predictable, but just a little reminder that something is there. God, my heart is a flutter right now. I, don't have well, heart, but I, I just imagine that that's what's happening. I felt that too, and I don't usually feel it unless it's indigestion. I, I think it was coming from the orbs. The, the orbs? Mm-hmm. Oh, the orbs. Yeah. Really? Did she be here? Yeah. You all look around, you don't see Carnilla anywhere. Your classmates seem to be having a good time, just uh, enjoying Jeremy's hamming it up. This is like, I don't know, kind of spewing slime, waving an arm really fast. Your brother looks juicy. Oh, come on. Bender, don't. Ugh, it's my brother. <laughs> what is Ishtal doing? Ishtal is not here yet. It is maybe five minutes past the time of the start of the fight, and Jeremy's starting to look worried and running out of limbs to, like, pop out of his cube and show off. Is he? I came to watch my brother get beat up, not to show off. Yeah, I wonder where Ishtal is.
Give me a flight roll, Chazwork. Okay, a seven. You're not sure. It's just on the edge of dusk and you can't really see anything up in the tops of the amphitheater. Can you like call him? Who wants to talk to me after the whole like castle debacle? He was pretty stone faced after that. Castle Navaria has been completely removed brick by brick and turned into uh, other buildings and constructions by the Lycandra family. Yeah. Yeah, he was pretty upset, but I mean, there's nothing that we can really do about it. It's already been taken down. Like, I don't, I don't know how to like make it up to him or whatever. And then I subtly like in my pocket, like rub the brick that I've been like holding around for him. You feel a, a little sense of power coming from the brick. You don't know if that's you or if that's the brick itself, but you're glad to have it. And uh, it's a comforting feeling in your pocket. As you all are talking about this, P. Jared comes in and he is like clock, clock, clock in his little wooden clogs uh, coming over and he sits right next to Kimmy. Very close, almost touching. Hi guys! Hi! Uh, sorry I'm a little late, Kimmy. Oh, no, it's, it's perfectly obviously haven't started yet. Just, my brother's showing off. Oh, yeah! Wasn't the fight supposed to be started already? Where's this Yeah. I don't know if you guys have heard, but I guess stuff has been going missing lately. Going missing? Like oh, how? Yeah. Uh, well, all the, the artifacts from Castle Navaria, even small ones, people have been saying that they've been stolen. Even the small Oh, I don't know. I just know that Ishtal's from there and, you know, putting two and two together. He's, like, clearly trying to start drama. You think he stole the stuff? I don't know. All I'm saying is Ishtal once tried out for a performance and I beat him at the role, so, you know. Obviously, you did. <laughs> Never stood a chance. That stony expression is... Ugh, it's not right for theater. Of course. And it doesn't matter if I think he stole it because everyone else does. Who's everyone? That dramatic. That's probably why he didn't get the role, and also why I don't think he would steal from his home site. Oh, maybe you're right. He's probably off brooding in some other castle, isn't he? Such a strange fellow. Always hanging around in the theater and never gives me any feedback on my performances. I just can't understand. That's rude. Not even a clown. Don't appreciate the theater. The theater! No, they do not the theater. He's not strange, he's just quiet, and I'm clearly like bristling like I'm about to change into my other form. Mm, okay, give me a... Would you call that a mental or a physical resistance to your form, Dominique? Or Evelyn, um, excuse me. Well, because my... Because I'm a werewolf, I have like a lot of anger, so like, I think anger like kind of... So I'm probably trying to hold it back mentally. Like, okay, give me a flight roll then. Okay, uh, that's 
flight. 11. An 11. Okay, so you are just on the edge of transforming. Uh, all of you look at Evelyn, and I don't know if you've seen her transform before, but you can see like black hair bristling up on the back of her neck. And um, I don't know, is there anything else that you want to describe, Evelyn, about your partial transformation? Probably my voice comes out a little bit more like a growl or whatever, and like my skin's kind of like shaking sort of like like vibrating as if it's gonna like change okay but you are able to resist the full call of the moon and you look up and it's just a tiny crescent right now so uh you are not pulled to a full transformation but you do i think increase about six inches in height even just as you're sitting down <laughs> L- lily might poke the bear <laughs> I'm just gonna like look over and be like, why are you getting all worked up? I heard you don't even date people who are not werewolves too. Like, what is it about this dude? That I've totally dated outside of my monster race. <laughs> That's not what they're saying. PJ looks around and says, well, I don't know. Have you dated anyone? No. Wow, I have dated people, plenty of people, and what does Sarah even know? She can't even leave the rec room or whatever. Wait, Sarah's not the her right? fault. <laughs> She's dead, thank you. Okay, and in this tense moment, as the five of you plus PJ are having this like heated conversation, suddenly from the the top part of the amphitheater, some of the like kind of busted out windows, you see a giant figure, wings spread up to six feet out, uh, kind of flying in to the amphitheater floor. And he drops onto the marble, the checkered marble here, and the whole place shakes. And you see Ishtal, and he plants his feet. He is wearing his dramatic outfit, which for Ishtal is very little. <laughs> There we go. Um, So you can see he's carved from like a shining gray marbled stone. And his outfit is basically nothing. A little ragged black loincloth in the same shade as his dark flowing hair. Um, And his chiseled abs and smooth gray skin bear one great mark across the chest. It looks like an ax or a big sword or something hit him. And it's sort of like carved into his flesh. And he drops to the bottom of the the amphitheater and says, who is ready to fight me? Okay, I'm ready for this now. I'm ready. I take a head to toe look at him or whatever and kind of like dart my eyes away and like blush a little. Okay, you are still in your partially transformed werewolf form. I'm going to need one more check to maintain your your own decency in this moment. Okay. Flight, right? Yes. 14. A 14. Okay. So you are able to maintain a control in your emotions. Uh, you've practiced this. You don't like transforming into a werewolf outside of your control. So you sort of sit and focus on the cold stone underneath you. And you feel your cheeks flush and you focus on that feeling. And the hair on the back of your neck and your size shrinks down a little bit. And you're back to regular human Evelyn. 
Ishtal has provided an excellent focus, not only for you, but for the rest of the amphitheater as well. The place falls quiet and the fight begins. Uh, is there anything else you all want to talk about before it starts? Ishtal, beat him up! Okay, I've got everybody's stats pulled up. So Ishtal kind of circles around Jeremy, and Jeremy is circling back, and there's sort of a dramatic tension moment, and everything falls quiet. You could hear a pin drop, and each one of them is sort of baiting the other to come first at them, and like uh, circling, 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 and suddenly you hear Ishtal sort of pull into a rage. He's like, and he runs at Jeremy and tries to punch a fist through him. Ishtal rolls a 30. Jeremy rolls a 34. Okay, and with that, Jeremy narrowly avoids this uh, hugely damaging punch. And you see a little bit of like slime fleck off of him into the front row as he like uh, expertly dodges and weaves this punch. Ooh, quit trying to hit him and hit him. Okay, Ishtal hears you, Kimmy, and he's like, yeah. and he goes in for another punch. He's flying across the arena, and he's trying to punch into Jeremy. Ishtal rolls. 19. Jeremy rolls. A 37. This time Jeremy is ready, and as a trained fighter, he's able to not only just dodge the first, but come in for a punch, and he goes straight for the slash across Ishtal's chest. And you can see the slime sort of sinking in, and the acid hitting him on the internal organs that you assume are inside of the stone creature. And um, Ishtal looks hurt. He looks like he's not doing very well after this, and he's like sort of on the ground in superhero pose over near your corner. Like, get in there, like, like I'm gonna get off my chair and then I hold my chair. Ishtal's like long black flowing hair moves behind him without any sort of motion and he looks up at you. Uh, give him a flirt roll. Eleven. <laughs> An eleven. He looks at you and his eyes are steel. He looks furious but he does reach out his arm and grab the chair from you. And he swings around and he tries to use the element of surprise and hit Jeremy with it. With an 18, Jeremy is just going to try to avoid this one with a flight. And he does not. The chair whacks him along the side of the head and a whole section of slime comes off the top of his cube. And you can see it like sort of roll over. Um, this rolls over maybe towards the other side. So if somebody wanted to pick it up and throw it back to him, they'd have to run across the amphitheater. Okay, Jeremy is looking mm -hmm. hurt, but he realizes that he needs to do something now before Ishtal takes him out by sheer strength alone. So he tries to get a hit in on Ishtal and it's a low blow. He goes for a punch with an arm that comes out, but at the last second, a slimy leg kind of pops out of the bottom of his form and tries to sweep Ishtal off his feet. He rolls a 34, and Ishtal to defend rolls a 30. 
he swept right off of his feet and whoo, onto his back. And you can see it sort of bent one of his wings. And he's like trying to get it back together and stand up. And he, like, while he's on the ground trying to get up, looks back up at you, Evelyn. It's over my face, like. <gasps> um, can I assist him? Am I allowed to help him get up? Yeah. You can oh, okay. uh, come up to the ring and help him get up. And uh, Jeremy, like, sort of calls a, a teeth. And uh, they go to their separate corners of the ring. Like, I don't know. Uh, they do in wrestling sometimes. And uh, okay. Jeremy's, like, sort of collecting the rest of his slime out of the amphitheater and putting it back together and, like, taking 30 seconds, like, drinking a little water. Yeah, I definitely help Ishalp, and I say, like, come on, you got this. You can win this. You're, like, way more dense than he is. Yeah, my sheer density alone should make this much easier, but... I'm really struggling. I don't think I'm focused. Well, you focused. You can do this. Like, he's got less than nothing. He's just slime. It's like, to you could totally punch right through him. You're right. You're right. It's tall. Um, as he, like, gets up, part of his loincloth sort of moves to the side. And uh, he's like, oh, <laughs> fixing that. And um, he, like, looks back up at you to see if you've noticed. At him, and then I kind of look away, like, uh, <laughs> oh, sorry about that. Uh, you know, it's a tr traditional wrestling clothing for uh, gargoyles. Um, okay, okay, I can do this. And he like reaches out to touch you. And, um, are you keeping the brick on your left or your right side? I think I had it on my right side. Okay, okay, let me roll a 1d4 and see if he touches it. A two or a four, and he does. Okay, he reaches up with his left arm and touches your right side and uh, sort of touches again. He's like, do you, do you have one? Oh, I do have this brick that I've kind of been holding on to because I thought... From Navaria. Yeah. He, like, looks at you and he says, but, but why? I just thought that maybe if I showed you this brick and maybe we could talk about rebuilding something together, even though we can't fully build your castle from before, like, you know, maybe we could build something together starting with this. It's like a symbol, he, you know? He looks at you and his eyes are still kind of steely and angry, but you see them soften a little bit on the edges and he touches the brick again and says, all right, we can talk after this. He goes back into the fight, and you hear a little ding, ding, ding. The bell's starting again. Uh, and this time, Jeremy comes in flying. He's not wasting any more time. He knows if he takes another hit, he is out. So Jeremy's trying to get one in first. With a 45 fight roll, Ishtal's defense, a 28. Jeremy smacks him on the side of the head, and you can see it like a splash of acid has like changed the texture on his stone face for a few days. And he's like, ah, like reeling from it. And he turns back towards you and he looks at the brick in your pocket. He says, throw it to me. Throw the brick at him. Okay, give me a, you can choose if this is a fight or a flirt roll. Uh, let's try 
do you throw the brick sexily or regular? How <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> do you throw something sexy? Oh. Get a little uh, hip swing fight. in there, you know. <laughs> do fight. I think I have more points than fight, so let me try that. Okay, a 17. He reaches up his arm and catches it, and you don't see his arm move at all when this, like, heavy brick hits him. He says, all right, it's time. And he's going to turn around, and he's going to hurl it at Jeremy. Yeah, beat his ass with the brick. Yeah! <laughs> yeah! Okay, whoops, I rolled it twice. Uh, he got a 27. Jeremy is going to try and dodge this. And a 7. Jeremy takes the brick straight into the core of him and it like rockets through and there's a brick shaped hole through his middle now. And he like kind of wiggles and wiggles and tries to slime his way back into standing up and he collapses into a little slime puddle and you see a little white flag raise out of it. And his child is like, You should get more of those bricks. <laughs> okay, you see Ishtal like yelling and screaming and his hair's like flowing behind him and his little loincloth sort of picks up the same uh, aura and like flows along behind him. And he like takes off up in the air 60 feet and like flies back down and does a superhero landing and like fucks up some of the marble on the ground. He's really I'm like cheering. eating up the crowd vibe. Yeah, just cheering. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Oh, my favorite fight ever. Okay, and Ishtal like, uh, looks down and suddenly realizes that he's flying around in this skimpy little loincloth and everyone beneath him has probably seen what he's packing and he like turns uh, like a darker black on his cheeks and he like looks down and flies off. <laughs> Jeremy is on the ground of the amphitheater, slowly sort of scraping his slime back in and like moving a little over, scraping a little bit more back into his body. That was entertaining. Harry? Did you all see Eggstone? Did you see what he was packing? Let's see what Eggstone was packing. I'm going to do a little more. <laughs> I'd, lo I'd love what? to see him around. A 21. Oh my god. So make of that what you will. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, you guys. You should not be looking at our classmates' junk. <laughs> I mean... Whoops. You flew in with a butt cape on. What did you want us to do? <laughs> he was just playing it. Look away. Look Oh my god. <laughs> you can't even finish that sentence, Lily. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't. Lily, who is wearing a little heart cleavage window crop top, is like lecturing y'all on appropriate dress and where to put your eyeballs. <laughs> yeah. We have to just be respectful. <laughs> Incredible. I'm going to remember this for a long time. <laughs> Who punched your brother? Yeah, yeah. I was, I was, 
Yeah! <laughs> I mean, he's going to be fine, but it was good to watch. Jeremy does look a little more put together. He sort of like finished scraping up the biggest parts and he's like uh, recovering and drinking some water over on the bench. Uh, he's got a couple of his like gym groupies over there. He's like, yeah, bro, I thought I had him, but you know, that last brick that took me out. Hey, P. Jared. Uh, yeah? What's up? Do you want to, like, go down there and meet my brother? He seems really excited about the wrestling thing. You want me to meet your family? Your brother? Right well, now? I mean, no, I mean, why would you have to say it like that? I just thought you liked wrestling. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's, that's, that's, I like it's wrestling. theatrical, you know? I mean, I'm a huge fan of your brother. I've seen every one of his latest works. And, uh, you know, I've got some critiques based on his intro. Um, and maybe maybe we should talk to him, actually. You're right. You're right. All right. Come, come on. And I'll, I'll pop up into my humanoid form, grab his hand, and leave him. Okay. As you come by, there's sort of like a parting of the gym bros to allow you to come in. And uh, you, like, duck under the edge of the ring. And uh, you and PJ come in. Jeremy's like, oh, what, Kimmy? I know I got my ass kicked. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, that was really cool, actually. But no, I'm just, I'm just here to introduce you to the P. Jared Harper. Who? Oh. E. Jared Harper? Like, only, look. I'm, I'm sorry about this, P. Jeremy. Jeremy looks over and he's like, oh, yeah. Okay, I remember you showing me pictures of this guy. Oh, Jeremy! <laughs> he, Jared, like, blushes a little on his wood. And he's like, hey, uh, uh, hey. And he, like, reaches out a little wooden hand and does a very, like, stiff, firm handshake. Jeremy takes the hand and, like, leaves a bunch of slime on it. Anyway, uh, P. Jared's a really big fan. And I, you know... Just thought it'd be nice to introduce you to. PJ is like, oh yeah, I, I love your intro. I'd like to, uh, you know, maybe you could show me sometime how you do the, the moves like this, like this. How do you get that to come out? Yeah, how you make the moves like this, Jeremy, and I'll like imitate his arm with my arm. Okay, do me a fight roll. Let's see how buff your arm looks. A 15. You got like a massive Popeye's bicep coming out. Hell yeah. P. Jared is like, <gasps> and like his eyes get really big. He's like, I didn't realize you could do that. Uh, I, it's it's just a little shape shift. It's it's nothing. It's, I can I can I can be a lot of things actually. I, I can I can be just like Jeremy. Look at me. I'm Jeremy. Burr, 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 burr. He looks like he's discovering something about himself currently. <laughs> Uh, and as I'm pretending to be Jeremy, I'm going to open up a hole through my stomach as if a brick had just been thrown through it and I'll pretend to die on the floor. Jeremy's like, yeah, damn it, Kimmy, that's not funny. I, uh, I'm really hurt. Whole brick in my stomach. Tell Ishtal when you see him, that wasn't cool. You didn't agree on props. I thought it was really cool, personally. Yeah, yeah, all right. You just love watching lose. I know it doesn't happen very often. I have to enjoy it when it does. And I'll collect myself and pop back up. Ah, fine. All right, I'm, I'm going off to train. 
and he's like, uh, come, come, come on. And his little gym bros come over and like sort of lift up the edges of his slime that are tired and uh, help him carry himself back off to the gym. Make sure to hydrate. <laughs> uh, he turns around and he's like, yeah, whatever. The amphitheater is sort of thinning out. People are leaving. Uh, it's just mostly the six of y'all here, the five of you and P. Jared. I have another brick. We should probably find that. Be nice. Yeah, I was just gonna. I was just gonna ask, like, can I find the brick? Yeah, give me a. Well, I think it's pretty easy to find a brick. It's covered in slime still and uh, didn't leave the arena. You can go over and pick it up. I pick it up and I like dust off the slime um, as much as I can, and then I put it back in my pocket. Okay, cool. Do I feel any like residual energy from it, or is it kind of gone now? Mm. You are thinking about how Ishtal touched it and how easily he threw it around, and you feel a little magic in it, but uh, nothing supernatural. Okay. So, Urgita? Oh, fuck. That's right. Uh, oh, they rescheduled oh. it. Uh, it's gonna be maybe next week? I'm not sure. Take it up with Marie. I had my heart set on one thing. Wood. Okay. <laughs> PJ is like, oh, well, dreams come true sometimes, you know? Yeah, like, I when you wish upon a star, I guess, right? You know, to be a, a real boy. I mean, um... <clears throat> She'll make you a real man. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> P. Jared uh, leans in and is like, so, uh, well, before we sort of, you know, uh, Kimmy and I have plans a little later, uh, important plans, um, but uh, b b before we do, I, I did hear something about the five of you. What'd you hear about <laughs> us? Less that I heard about you and more that I heard uh, Headmistress Taliba yelling about you. Oh. What Curious was she yelling? what she say? Well, uh, I guess people said, and you know, I heard a little bit of it, that she was walking down the middle of campus and screaming about these thieves and uh, how she was gonna get Kimmy. Oh, that. She's got, it, she's got it all wrong, Jared. Oh, of course. I mean, I heard it from Jet, and you know it's got an active imagination, so. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you can't really, can't really trust that. Exactly! Exactly. Tell me, that's right. It was official student. Oh, well, I'm sure, uh, you know, sometime during school hours tomorrow, you'll have to talk to Professor Taliba about that, get that sorted out, or, uh, you know, there might be trouble. She seemed, uh, angry. 
we'll we'll handle it. I'm not worried. Oh, good. I know you're such a good talker. You can get through anything, Kimmy. <laughs> I, I melt a bit. I get like six inches smaller. <laughs> he like uh, reaches out his hand to sort of touch the top of your slime. Ooh, you're so cute and uh, short. Oh my god. Oh my god. Okay, all right. Um, yeah. Um, gosh, you know, I should probably go um, clean up for our important business later, B. Jared. Oh. Uh, oh, okay. Well, just shoot me a text and I'll see you later. Okay, and, all right. Uh, okay, okay, bye. And he, like, sort of runs away. Uh, okay. Holy shit, y'all. Things are going to go really terribly. We have to get a new pink cowboy hat. You all smell like a lot of cedar cologne as P. Jared's running away. He like moves his cape and uh, a bunch of it kind of blasts over you. That is an interesting smell. I know. Isn't it dreamy? Uh, that is not the word I would use, but okay. Strong. Okay, but for real, we gotta get another pink cowboy hat. I'm supposed to wear one tonight. And also, I should probably sneak it into Headmistress's office. I think there's a party city downtown. They might have one of those, like, pink <laughs> bachelorette hats. That's what we have to get. We have to go get a pink <laughs> bachelorette hat. Okay, there absolutely is, uh, let's call it a, a spirit Halloween store. Uh, full of this kind of stuff downtown. That's perfect. All right, let's go down to Spirit. I'm going to do pink cowboy hat. I'm going to wear it to P. Jared's. I'm going to have... Did the hat have any embellishment on it? Yes. It did. <laughs> Lots you all remember of it had a big, bright red gem directly in the center that yep. Carmilla stuffed in her mouth and chewed until it disappeared. Yep. Yep, so we gotta, I gotta, I gotta bejewel this cowboy hat, too. I am down to help bejewel a hat if we find one suitable. Okay, alright. Because I have, I have to wear it for P. Jared, and then I'm gonna slip it into Petra's and replace it before she kills me. What if he wants you to wear it again? She'll get two hats. Good thinking. That's why you've got the brains. <laughs> That's true. Okay, two hats. Two hats. Two bejeweled hats. We can do this. Okay, so the lot of you hop into the Chasmobile and um, head downtown to Party City. Is there anything else you want to pick up besides the hats? I'm gonna grab pink glitter. Okay. Give me a, let's call it a flight roll to see if you can find the pink glitter of your dreams. And Kimmy, also give me a flight roll for the hat and the red gem. Was that 13, a fresh one? Yes. Okay, so you find sort of a plastic pink hat. It's not like leather or anything like that, but you can glue a little uh, something onto it and make an approximation of the hat from a distance. And that's what I will do. 
Okay, you pick up the supplies for two of that. Lily, you find the pink glitter of your dreams. It is the perfect size. It's got the perfect reflect, everything that you could imagine. Oh yeah, I'm gonna walk away with as many as I can fit. Okay, Div, what is this for? I was gonna help with the hat. Oh, okay. Well, Bender, you found a slightly worse, very small pink hat. Do you pick it up? I offer it to Kimmy. Is this a hat for ants? Could be. I think Headmistress, I believe, is going to notice that that one's smaller. I should look for costume jewelry for the big jewel. Okay, there is a costume jewelry aisle, and it's like full of all the bedazzling bling or whatever, and you can pick up a pretty good approximation of like a red jewel. Cool. Chasworth, is there anything you want to pick up here at the Party City? Oh, absolutely. This place is full of uh, people. Oh, it's a Spirit Halloween Party City combo. <laughs> it's full of people trying on weird costumes. And uh, there's a whole section over here with like try-on rooms and uh, monster masks right next to it. Okay, let's get a flight roll. A 20. You find somebody who looks like uh, he's a track star. He's like maybe six foot two, got like crazy muscular legs. Looks like he, I don't know, spends all his time biking. Okay. He says, uh, hey, bro, what's up? You like this costume? You think it's scary? It's, uh, you know, Frankenstein, bolt on the edge. Ah, yours is cool too. Where'd you get that one? Oh, really? You made the prosthetics yourself? Oh yeah, you know, classic Frankenstein. Uh, you know, people get really into that. Huh? Everyone always wants to pull on your little bolts. <laughs> oh yeah, that sounds cool. Uh, maybe I can come over early and you can uh, glue some prosthetics on me too. Cool, bro. And he like gets used to Okay, Evelyn, what are you up to? Um, I am browsing the like home decor, like you know how they have like the hocus pocus and the trick or treat stuff with like cups and like mats and blankets and stuff. Absolutely. What are you looking for? Um, I'm not looking for anything in particular. I'm just looking around while everyone's looking for the hat. Okay, give me a flight roll.
A 10. Okay. You find kind of a cheesy sign with like cobwebs on it and it says, uh, home is where I lay my bricks. <laughs> that is so cute. Oh my god. Um, I'm gonna buy it. Okay, perfect. You have a little cheesy live, laugh, love, home is where I lay my bricks sign. <laughs> Bender, is there anything else you want to do while we're here? Uh, nope. Nothing in particular. Okay, so y'all check out of the Party City Spirit Halloween mashup. Uh, all of you having accomplished something interesting. And you head back to school. What is your destination? Maybe she just didn't notice, like, notice, notice. You all flash back to frantically driving out of campus and Professor Taliba locking eyes directly with Kimmy, wearing the pink cowboy hat and, like... (laughs) You think she might have noticed. It's gonna gonna be fine. She's gonna see the hat and be like, oh, it's misunderstanding. It was a different hat. And she's gonna see me with my hat and she's gonna see her hat. And she's like, oh, of course. So yeah, so we're gonna I'm gonna glue the jewel to the front of the hat. I would go right back in. Okay. It's you guys set school. up in the student lounge and you are um, gluing the hat together. Feel free to give me a let's call it a flight roll. And uh, if you want, someone can aid you. Oh, please aid me. I'm so bad at this. It, my fingers are just not good for small details. Okay, Evelyn comes in for the aid and uh, ends up sort of messing it up so that the, the gem is a little bit sideways. And oh, you no. were trying to put some texture onto the hat, but it sort of looks like somebody painted outdoor paint on a hat. It's like peeling up in a few areas and the texture is just not quite right. It's, it's okay, it's okay. We have a second hat. Let's try the second hat. Let's Let's... We, this was the practice hat. This is the real hat. We're going to get it this time. All right, second go. Okay, so you can have two people help you on the second hat. Okay, please, please somebody help me. <laughs> I rolled a 17. Okay, Lily, okay, definitely nice. come help me at this one. <laughs> I got you. Okay, a 17 and an 18. Uh, this hat's looking a lot better. You're getting the texture just right. You're using like a little sponge to get the like fake leather look. And the the gem glues on in the right direction. And it's looking closer. Still might not fool Mistress Taliba, but uh, you're getting closer. It's going to work. It's this one. I'm this is it. This is the one. Yeah, this is it. Okay, reverse ice time. Okay, so we're hitting right up about 8 o'clock. How do y'all feel about taking five minutes before we find out how this hat works? Sounds good. Okay, we'll see you all in five. Hello, Monster Class. We are back. So for the first half of this episode, we have been um, going through some of the performances that were supposed to happen before the orgy. And now our classmates have some decisions to make. Will they be waking up early and going to see Mistress Taliba first thing in the morning? Or will they be headed to their first class instead? Monsters, you are all in the student lounge and you have a choice to make. Are we taking the hat to her or are we sneaking in? 
Oh no, we're doing a reverse heist. I'm not bringing this hat to Mistress Taliba. Should we do it again during her first class? That would be smart. She won't be there right now. What is our first class today? Is it with her? Oh god, I hope not. You oh. all have reanimation class this morning with Professor mm. Gruntilda. Do we all want to miss class to try to do this reverse heist, or should just a couple of us go? I don't want to go to class. <laughs> That's why we're besties. I'm going with the heist. Hell yeah, ride and die. It'd be suspicious okay. if all of us were gone from class. Yeah. It's okay. Honestly, Chaz will just make thing. up some student council excuse, right? Perfect. See? Is that is that this month already? I'm in on the heist too. <laughs> okay, so we are skipping class and heading over to the Potionomics building. And um, let's see, before you all go over there, give me a a flight roll. Chasworth, is that eight yours? Okay, so you all are walking over there, and Chasworth, um, Will, or yeah, Evelyn, and God damn it, uh, Bender. <laughs> yeah, the three of you are sort of not really paying attention, but Lily and uh, Evelyn, you both see Mistress Taliba isn't in the office. The lights are off. She isn't in the potionomics classroom either. The lights are off in there also. So, so the room we were in before seems empty? Yes. Both the Potionomics classroom and Headmistress Taliba's office are dark and seem empty. What if we put it in the classroom? Does it have to go back where she already knows it's not there? That is, that's true. If it's in if it's in the display case, then maybe mm. she close enough to like really examine okay. it. Okay. Well, Why did you did you see her in there? No, they were... both her rooms are empty. If oh. you wanna try to slide under the door again. Yeah. Let us well, yeah, if it's empty, yeah. Hell yeah. And I'll just like 
I'll go, I'll go for I the crack. I can't promise you a thousand percent it's empty, but it looks empty. Oh, yeah. No. I mean, if... risk aware. I trust you. Okay, so Kimmy, you've done this before. Uh, you know exactly where the lock is. You don't even put your head on the other side of the door to look. You just uh-huh. click and it's open and you uh, pull your slime back from under the crack in the door and it uh, creaks open and it's dark in here. You know where the light switch is and you see the little, um, what do you call them, spotlights shining down, illuminating all of the display cases full of her equipment. And everything looks cleaned up, put back together. All of the glass has been swept. The latex cat suit is back in its big box over here. And you see the cucumber-shaped model back on the shelf. I, I do not want to turn the light back on. Um, I'm just going to try and glide as effortlessly as I can towards the uh, podium, uh, the display case where the hat goes. You know, hope everyone behind me is as quiet as I'm trying to be. Okay, Kimmy, give me a, uh, you can choose flight or fight, is physical or mental? Physical. Okay. Let's get physical. You sort of lift yourself up onto teeny tiny little slime legs and like ever so quietly, secretly move into this place. And you go right back, uh, pinpoint the spot where you can see there's like an empty podium and you just ever so carefully set the hat back down and you turn around. What is everyone else up to? Let's start with uh, Chatsworth. Okay, give me a flight roll. A 21. You don't see anybody? The coast is clear. Bender, what are you up to? I'm also going to do lookout. Okay, give me another flight roll. You're pretty sure there's someone coming. You hear footsteps. You can't quite place where they're coming from, but you're on kind of high alert. You hear that? The steps. Chasworth, you don't hear anything. Oh, it might be a worm. One second. Yep, there's a big old fat nightcrawler worm that you pull right out of your ear. Ah! Eh, you get used to it. Thank you. All right, with your newfound undead knowledge, uh, Evelyn, what are you up to in this office? I had her office and the classroom are like right next to each other. And the classroom has windows that see out to, like, the front of the building to see if anybody's, like, entering the building. So, like, I'm looking out the window to see if anyone is, like, coming up the walkway. Okay. Um, So you enter into the classroom, pull the door open, and you can hear, like, a low, bubbling, simmering cauldron on Professor Talipa's desk. And you look over and you see it's the amaranth potion that you all have been learning about in class. You know that that is one of the most potent love potions that is possible to make with magic. 
and it looks nearly finished. Um, I take a vial from the stock and like just put a little bit in the vial for myself and put it into my my jeans pocket. Okay, you can add that to your inventory. A little piece of mostly finished amaranth potion. And um, you don't see anybody out the front window. Everyone's in class at this time, so there's no one really wandering around in the, the student quad. See, like, the, the teacher, like, walking up or anything like that? No. Okay. Uh, Professor Tuliba is nowhere to be found right now. Okay. Lily, what are you up to? Probably following Kimmy, but are there, like, bookshelves around? Or, like, things people, like, just things could be behind? Yeah, uh, Professor Tuliba's office is kind of large, and there's like sort of rows and rows of bookshelves, and the bookshelves are all made of gold and covered in Egyptian, uh, Cyrillic, all sorts of little like trinkets and things that Professor Tuliba has collected in her extremely long life. Uh, my main goal in following Kimmy while she puts the hat back is like looking around spaces and making sure that we don't have like a vision. There's Taliba just like hiding in her office for a gotcha bitch. Okay, for, like, okay. Give me else, a like... flight roll. Oh, Lily, did we lose you? Oh, there you are. A 24. You don't see anybody in between the, the bookshelves. You don't see anybody by the mm. desk. And uh, as Evelyn is putting back, or sorry, Kimmy is putting back the hat, you step forward a little bit and you, you're pretty sure you hear somebody. There's nobody inside of the office, but you hear something maybe closer to the giant sarcophagus behind her desk. We might want to move. Has Kimmy set the hat down yet? Yes, in this moment, Kimmy is finishing setting the hat down ever so carefully. And like, uh, you know, that scene in um, where he like swaps it out for the other weight. Indiana uh, Jones. Indiana Jones, there we go. Mm -hmm. So you're like setting it down and you like move your slimy hands away and it looks perfect, pristine, undisturbed. Tapping Kimmy's shoulder like, okay, now we go. <laughs> I don't trust the situation and I heard something. What did you hear? I don't want to find out. Sound, was it footsteps? What was it? Is that what it was? You hear or just like like a, a little bit of rustling uh, from over by the sarcophagus. We can check out noises or we can GTFO. But either way, I think she knows. No, no, no. No, we got to get out of here. We, we got this? Go. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah, Operation Hat Returning is complete. And I okay. probably have the spare. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you are wearing the spare, Lily. And uh, everyone who has stepped foot inside of the office, who isn't, like, outside in the potionomics classroom, give me a flight roll. Chasworth and Bender, you can decide whether or not you have stepped far enough into the office for this apply to you.
Okay, Kimmy, did you roll one? Oh, not. I rolled oh. another 24. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Oh. A 12. Okay, Lily, you, as you are rushing outside of the office, you're on high alert and you're making sure not to touch anything. And you step over these three crystals, sort of arranged right by the door. But Kimmy, uh -huh. you don't see them. And you slime your way right into the center of the triangle that these three crystals have uh, created on the floor. And suddenly you're going and there seems to be a lot more space between you and the door. And you're just like, oh, wow, I'm like, really got a lot of ways to go. And then you like look up and you see the door getting bigger and bigger as you shrink. Oh, I'm a grape. Help. Oh, yeah. You shrink down to be about five inches tall in the center of this triangle. Still a little grape. Did we see this? We saw this, right? You could hear Lily. What can we say? Like, fall to the ground and try and like tell Kimmy to run, run over to me. Okay, Kimmy, give me a fight roll as you are fighting for your life, trying to use your little tiny slimy legs. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna pop out like a few more legs for extra speed. Got like a little like millipede action going. On. <laughs> Should say flight or fight. Fight. This one is physical. 16. Okay, you absolutely make it, and you run right up on Lily's hands. That's you, buddy. Oh, oh, God, thank you. <laughs> I turn around with a tiny Kimmy in my hands. <laughs> Help! Okay, uh, we have everybody sort of collected right outside of the potionomics room in the office now, and uh, this is sort of a magic that none of you have ever seen, a, a monster turning small like this. I'm just gonna, I hope it's a time-based effect. You'll be back to normal. I promise. You can... I don't know, I was just, I was moving towards the door and all of a sudden I shrank. Could it be a slime I, thing? No, there were like these little crystals on the floor that looked like a thing you should not run through, so I didn't run through them, and I forgot to tell Kimmy. So it was a oh my god! Yeah, Bender recognizes yeah. this as the three jade crystals that uh, Bender saw the first time that you all entered the office. I saw those when we first came in, but they looked very suspicious. Uh, they were sus. I didn't even see them. Do you know anything about them? Did you touch them at all when we were there or no? I didn't touch them. Bender, you can make a flight roll if you would like. Uh, maybe you like look them up in the library afterwards. A six. You looked them up, but there wasn't a whole lot about, you know, jade crystals. You didn't really find anything. You can wear the tiny hat now. <laughs> can you put it on? It's the perfect size. Beautiful. 
I better come back to normal soon because this is going to be really awkward if we show up to that meeting with Headmistress Deliva and I'm still small. Quick, find a glass of water. Dump me in some water. You go over the stones again. Maybe they'll make you big again. Uh, actually, that's not that's not a bad idea. Okay, we have to go back in. Reverse ice again. Reverse, reverse heist. Okay. Actually, now that you've closed the office door, you don't even need to do a reverse heist, Kimmy. You can just roll right under it. <laughs> okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump out of whosoever's hands I'm in now. <laughs> Splat onto the floor and just turn to a ball and roll up through the crack. Okay. And, and try, the, try the crystals again. You move through the crack under the door and you stand up and you are running and running and running, trying to get to the triangle of the three crystals. You walk inside and you don't see the little like glowy strings connecting the crystals to each other anymore. You go and you walk up to one and you try and touch it. Give me a, let's say a, a fight roll. A 25. Yeah. Okay, you take your tiny hand and you smack it on there. And um, the crystal sort of like vibrates a little bit. And you see like a little glowing energy move from it to the two that it's connected to. So this one looks kind of activated and darker green. And you look at the other two and they're still not glowing. Is there enough of me to split and like try and touch the other two at the same time? Mm, okay, give me a fight roll. A 21. Okay, you stay connected to this one and you feel yourself sort of like drawn and quartered almost as the two other like tiny Kimmies pop out of you and suddenly you are two inches tall and there are two other Kimmies running to the other uh, two crystals. Each one of them smacks a slimy hand on and suddenly you hear a little like vibrating, buzzing as they turn on and suddenly there are three of you, which are about five feet tall. Oh, fuck. I gotta collect myself. All right. <laughs> okay, you collect yourself together. Give me a fight roll to try and squish back into one. A 23. You're nailing these. You, like, totally uh, absorb your other selves and you're back into your normal Kimmy self. And the tiny hat looks very silly on your head now. <laughs> okay. I'm going I'm to rush over to the door. And then I'm going to open it and act cool. Okay. You uh, sort of, like, in a panic, run over to the door and pull it open. And suddenly you're like, hmm. Okay, close the door behind me. Very cash. Yep. And I'll be like, here you go, Fender, you can have this hat back. I give Kimmy the spare that I brought with Yeah. I put on the big hat. Okay. I put on Reverse heist complete. Ooh. All right. That was exciting. So, uh, Chasworth, you look at your watch, and it's about half an hour after the start of class. You could head to the classroom now, try and uh, catch up on today's work, or you could head straight to Headmistress Taliba's place. 
Oh no, that's where you are. You could head straight to the administration building where you imagine Headmistress Taliba is now. Okay, is everyone else coming to reanimation class too? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, slip in the back. Okay. So you all head over there. Let me bring you here on the map. So you've been here before. It is a large lab uh, deep underneath the student union building. And there's steel slab desks everywhere, lots of like overhead buzzing fluorescent lighting. The smell of formaldehyde is really thick in the air and there are jars of preserved specimens lining the back wall. There's a locked small room in the back that houses the more dangerous chemicals. Um, and in the center of the room is an enormous desk, uh, which is also steel with a large comfortable chair. Uh, and there's a little normal size desk alongside it. And in the big desk, you see Professor Gruntilda, who is about 15 feet tall. She is a frost giant and her like wavy gray hair sort of um, back in a ponytail and her feet up on the desk. She is nose deep in a book. She's reading uh, The Thrusting Swashbucklers of Dong Isle today. And then at the smaller desk right next to her, you see Hasno, who you've met before. Hasno's a water elemental. And so uh, his hair is sort of like uh, water droplets flowing down to his shoulders. And uh, he's Professor Gruntilda's aide. Gruntilda reads books the entire time during class. You know, uh, Hasno does most of the teaching. Okay, nobody notices. The rest of the class is working hard on the project, which looks to be reanimating a dead frog. And they have you know, jumper cables and batteries out and they're just like trying to shock it and get it to come back together and put the magics and the energies back in the right places to get the frog to move again. Okay, let's do, uh, would this be a physical role for you, do you think? Or a mental one? Okay, roll me a fight. A 14. So uh, you generate a little small shock by touching the battery on one side and touching the frog on the other side. And you bring the frog up to your bolt and it gets zapped and suddenly it starts croaking and hopping around. Uh, you're having a hard time hanging onto it. That's really cool. Yes, yeah, very impressive. I mean, I mean, I can, I can do this. It's not the same though. I want to like fill the frog with slime and like kind of puppet it. Okay, give me a fight roll. This would also be physical. A 
22. Your frog uh, picks up a tiny top hat and starts doing a dance. And uh, <laughs> it, it looks a little more gross and less frog-like, but uh, definitely is animate. Yeah, maybe I should pay attention to that smart. Okay, you all see Hasno come over. He's got like a little notepad. He says, oh, uh, very good, Chasworth. I'll write down that you've uh, successfully completed it. Uh, Kimmy, is that, is yeah. that yours? Is that, he like pokes it a little bit. Oh, on the frog to bow. The frog does a little bow. <laughs> and Hasno's like, oh, okay. Uh, very creative, not technically the assignment, but I'll, I'll give you a passing grade for that. Thanks, thanks. Okay, uh, I see you all are still working, so I'll just sit right here. And um, Hasno sits down, and he pulls out, like, a little notepad uh, and a notebook that he's working on. And he pulls out, like, a sort of stone block with uh, writing that um, some of you may recognize and some of you may not. You can try and take a peek at it if you'd like. I'm definitely trying to Okay, anyone who wants to try and identify the language, roll me a flight. Okay, Kimmy, Chasworth, Evelyn, Lily. Okay, everybody but Bender recognizes this immediately. It's a pretty distinctive language. This is cuneiform, which is written with a series of like small triangular indentations. And it's an ancient Sumerian sort of area language. Uh, and this like big cuneiform block that Hasno is trying to translate. It looks um, pretty, pretty old, you would say, but um, intact. Hagno looks up every few minutes and sees if anybody else has finished a frog. And if not, uh, he goes back to translating the cuneiform. I can't speak that. Oh, no. Uh, nobody can actually speak cuneiform. We don't know how the words are spoken anymore. It's a dead language. One of the, one of the few considered a dead language anyway. So, but it's uh, kind of my specialty. You know, I speak every dead language there is. And, uh, uh, okay, sorry. Yeah, continue your work. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. So we recognize it, but he, like, knows what it means. Yeah, uh, he is, like, laboriously, slowly translating the document into his Oh, uh, okay. Can I try and, like, sneak a peek at his translation. Okay. He is kind of trying to keep it private. So uh, you can roll a, let's call that a fight. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll have my frog do a little dance routine in the opposite direction. That's okay, a distraction. Okay, yeah. let's call this a flight then. A 10. Uh, you know, like dancing the frog over there. And he's like, oh, yes, very good, Kimmy. And like kind of goes back to it. And you can take a peek at his notes, but he definitely sees you doing it. Yeah. Um, you can see it's um, at the top of the page. It says, from Castle Navaria, Sumerian relic number 34. And um, it talks about sort of the woes of the people at the top of the tablet, um, that uh, maybe they're having a terrible time, there's some sort of plague coming, and they have a powerful queen who is solving all of their problems. 
said relic number 34. Relic number 34. Bender, how's your crowd coming? I feel like you should be good at this. Bender's popped an eye out of the frog and replaced it with one of her eyes, which is now blinking in the frog. See, it's alive! Can't you just, like, Any eye it? rolling around? Has no looks up and is like, oh, very good, Bender. Again, not, not technically what the assignment was, but very creative, and I'll give you a passing grade. You just have a frog eye in your face. It doesn't fit quite right. Works better when you use human eyes. You plug it in and you can kind of see out of it, but everything's a little maybe green tinged. You're looking extra green today, Kimmy. Oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks. Bender, you sort of blink, and then you realize you can see out of the frog's eyes as well if you concentrate, now that your eyes plugged in there. Oh. I'm going to pick up the frog and, like, turn it around like I'm holding webcam. I can see out of it! Okay, you all see Bender, like, blinking and looking through Bender's eyes and then blinking and looking through Frog Bender's eyes, and it's, uh, pretty freaky. Pocket my frog. Can I control it? Mm, give me a fight hold roll. Let's see. At eight. Nope. You can move the eyeball around, but you don't get motion in the full frog. I'll train it. Okay, Evelyn, what are you up to? I'm desperately going through my notes trying to figure out how to revive this frog. <laughs> and then I give up and I turn to the aide and I'm like, um, like, you know, I am just really lost. And can you maybe go over the steps again of, like, what we're doing? Okay, Hasno sets down the cuneiform tablet and his notes over here. And he, like, comes over to your side of the desk and he's like, absolutely. Let me tell you exactly what we were doing. Okay. And he's, like, talking so fast, like, walking through the steps of reanimation, like, way, way, way faster than you can write them down. And this is probably why you don't have good notes in the first place. Uh, but he's showing you how to, like, connect it to the little car battery over here and how to make sure that you're jumping to the right areas and, like, the energy that you need to collect around the frog to make sure that life comes back in. What is everyone else doing while this is happening? I'm definitely trying to get another look at those notes. Okay. Um, Hasno is not paying attention right now, so you could definitely get a look at them. Yeah. And you see, so it's talking about the queen solving all of her people's problems. Uh, it says something about the nether realm. Hagno wasn't exactly sure the, the translation here, so there's a little bit of wiggle room there, but it might be that the nether realm opens. The nether realm is thin. The nether realm veil is connected. Something like that.
and uh, Hagno finishes giving his little speech about how to connect up the frog and Evelyn's working on that and he turns around and uh, he sees you guys all sitting at the table maybe pretending not to look at his notes <laughs> and he just rustles back over and uh, he's working on the last line of the translation it's almost finished You see today, Hasno's got on a little um, shirt with test tubes on it, and he sits down and kind of crosses an ankle. You can see his like tube socks have test tubes on it. They match the shirt. Would, would I know anything about the nether realm? Yeah, uh, all of you have a little bit of knowledge about the nether realm. You, you've seen it now. Uh, that was what opened up in the coffin. That's what I thought. Scooping out a little bit of brain, putting it in the dead frog. Okay, give me a fight or flight roll, your choice. A 21. You put the brain in the dead frog and it twitches, twitches, and its muscles kind of spasm a little bit, and now it's under your control. You can frog hop around the room. A frog, frog hop across the desk, yeah. Okay, you hop right over on top of the cuneiform slab and has was like, oh, careful, this is an ancient artifact. I can't, oh, I'm so stressed out. I can't believe Headmistress Taliba is trusting me with these translations and I can't mess up number 34 right here. Frog hop back into my arms. Oh. Oh, that was your frog bender. Oh, I... Uh, the animation is a little more complete than I gave you credit for. And he like marks down on your side of the sheet, like a better grade. That's a B for sure. So uh, Taliba had you write these notes? Oh yes. You know, we just got the big shipment from uh, the Castle Navaria. We got all of the relics from the basement and uh, all of these Sumerian ones. You know, Mistress Taliba speaks Egyptian and ancient languages from that area, but Sumerian is really more of my expertise. So uh, she trusted me with these and I've been translating them and it's almost finished. And I just, I have to do these last few words and I'm very excited to see what it might, might read. Oh, do you need any uh, help with that? I might be able to read it. I'm very dead, you see, like the languages. Oh, you are? Do you speak any cuneiform, any ancient Sumerian? Oh, we'll see. Gonna look okay. at the notes. You take a look at the notes. Give me a flight roll. A seven. Okay, you aren't exactly sure, but you read this last line of the translation out loud as you're talking. Uh, and it says, the veil between the nether world and here is thinning and the golden fleece can open it and the golden fabric brings the veil thinner and then you read this last word which is just sort of a, a jumble of letters you're not exactly sure how to pronounce it so you say it a few different ways hanalia hanalia hanala hanala and you say it kind of a little bit louder and then suddenly there is a well opening inside of the cuneiform tablet, a twisting, screaming, shrieking. You all have heard this noise before. A little portal to the netherworld opens on the inside of this tablet as you speak the word out loud. 
there's a succubus in there. Jumps back. <laughs> oh no! Sorry, Not Lily. <laughs> the portal twists and turns, and this one looks a lot smaller than the one from the casket. That was maybe a dedicated piece of magic to opening this portal. But you just spoke a name, and as it twists and turns and twists and turns, you see a little creature pop out. Well, before you see the creature, you actually see a giant piece of sort of like dripping flesh come out of the portal, and then a small little imp attached to it. And you realize that this is an enormous tongue, like a three foot long tongue coming out of this imp's mouth. And it comes out of the portal and it's like a kind of like a little tiny monkey, you know, with their little weird hands. <laughs> and it's like, ha, 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 the human world. And it like leaps off of your counter and over to uh, Professor Bruntilda's counter. And it starts just like smashing glass. Is she what? still reading? Professor Bruntilda's like, quiet, glass, quiet, quiet. There's a good part here. God, what did you do? Has no like, ah, we read rule 34. Never read rule 34. Never search for rule 34. Oh, I should have known. I should have known. An imp. An imp. Okay, how do you capture an imp? Uh, there's nothing in the books about this. Has no like freaking out. I am going to go up to him and give him my little earbuds. Okay. Lily, are you using your special move in this moment? I am. Okay. You want to post it to us? Yeah. So Lily has recorded on her headphones, on her little iPod, uh, recordings of reading a poem. And, um, you know, Lily is a succubus. So this has like a sort of special magic around it. Once you hear a few words of the poem, you are desperate to hear the rest of it. Um, you can offer an earbud to a character, and once they hear it, they are charmed for five minutes, and they cannot stop until they hear the rest of the poetry. So Hasno's like, oh, is this going to help? Is this going to help? And he puts one in his ear. What does he hear, Lily? Oh, I am unsure, actually. Okay, what kind of, like, genre is the poem, then? Something relaxing about, like, Darkness and death being comfortable. Okay, okay. Hagno is kind of getting get into it. Uh, maybe it's like got a lot of metaphors to waterfalls, and he like feels very called to the like yeah. water imagery that you're using. He's like, oh, oh, let, let me hear how this finishes. And he puts the other one in his ear, and Hagno is sort of dead to the world, like not interacting with any of you, like deep in this poetry. He's using that moment to get him to calm the fuck down because I think he's going to be useless with this thing running around. Okay. Uh, you all look up and uh, the imp is sort of like running towards the, the cabinets on the side and it swings its giant three foot tongue around and breaks a whole bunch more glass. I'm going to roll for Professor Gruntilda. We should make our frogs attack the imp. She rolled a 19, so she looks up a little bit out of the corner of her eye uh, from her paperback book with an image of a little sailor on the front, uh, shirtless, obviously. And um, she looks up and she's like, ah, oh, class, 
I swear, the next time something like this happens, and she sees the imp, and you see Professor Grintilda stand up, all 15 feet of her in her like sort of rabbit fur dress that she's got on, and she like looks around. Who summoned this imp? Who summoned it? Gonna <laughs> just be looking at the assistant. Yeah, looking at uh, the book. She looks over at Hagno like, God damn it, Hagno! I told you not to read that out loud in here. All oh, those cuneiform. <sighs> okay, okay. Who can handle this imp? Uh, this is an excellent learning opportunity class. Somebody take it out. She looks like she doesn't want to touch it. It's kind of slimy. Yeah, yeah, you should handle this. You got it. Yeah, class president. Okay, Chaz, it's sort of like hanging from one of the fluorescent lights right now, and it has like three little vials, and it's just like chucking them at anyone who gets close. It, uh, okay, Romeo, fight. Let's see how that goes. A 15. Okay, you uh, absolutely nail your aim, and the frog goes right at it and lands on its tongue. It's sort of stuck in its tongue slime, and the imp goes to swallow, and you see its mouth open up, and it is all mouth for a second, like a cat yawning really wide, and it, like, slurps in the frog and, like, slurps his giant tongue back out and does a big, like, disgusting burp. Looks at you, and it's like, <laughs> Okay, won't be another fight roll. A 15 again. Okay, you reach up and it like tries to throw a little vial of uh, whatever it's got in its pocket at you, but you dodge it and you grab the imp's arm and yank it down from the, the ceiling from the light. So now the light's sort of hanging from one of the strings and you've got this imp by the arm. Thunder points. It is just sitting on the desk. The portal has closed. Mm. Oh. Okay. I'm gonna you're... like mutter the words again and try to open the portal by saying the same word. Good call. Good call. So you're like trying to shove this little imp into the tablet and it's not working and it's just sort of getting imp brain and mush all over the tablet. And uh, Bender mutters the words, the last few lines again, and the portal opens with a and like shrieking and screaming of the souls inside and you shove this imp in and then uh, it closes and you pull your hand back out just in time. And the imp is banished back to the netherworld. Professor Gruntilda stomps over, and with every step, you can hear the whole laboratory shaking. She comes over and she's like, what is this? I was disrupted reading my novel. It was an accident. <sighs> you know messing with demons is dangerous. They have a special connection here to Las Vegas. <sighs> 
Headmistress Taliba was talking about the veil thinning. If I see any of you messing with any of these hell creatures ever again, you're expelled. You hear me? I know that goes for you as well. It's been about five minutes, so Hagno pulls one of the earbuds out and he's like, yes, professor, yes, professor, of course. Okay, Professor Gruntilda sort of stomps back to her desk and sits down and pulls her little smutty paperback back out. And all of you looking at the tablet, um, thinking about that little imp, you feel the little demon moat inside of your chest settling and gripping deeper. And suddenly you hear a little whisper from Carnilla. I will collect what is mine. Say, did anyone else hear that? Cause that was kind of creepy. Oh yeah. I think it was home. I was like, who are you all talking about? How do you know about these demons? Oh. What do you know about demons? I, well, I know that they're very dangerous and that some of them have a connection to Las Vegas, like Carnilla, how would be her name. What kind of connection does Carnilla have here? Uh, well, her cult uh, operates here. Don't you know about Carnilla's cult? No, I didn't know she had a cult. Where are they located? Oh, uh, well, they've got a model house downtown. It's, uh, you know, one of the big camming studio locations here. Um, you know, uh, not that I've been there. No, no, I wouldn't think you had gone there. I'm just curious. No, they don't really invite, uh, you know, nuns like me. Um, but uh, I've, I've heard about it, and I've heard that it's legendary, and the parties are crazy, and that everybody's there is, everybody there is owned by Carnilla. Do they invite other succubi that could possibly get in there and get more information about the so-called demon? <laughs> oh, Carnilla is always recruiting. She runs the biggest studio, and uh, she always has space for someone with a special talent. Can I steal the tablet? Okay, this is about like maybe 10 pounds of solid stone. Like okay. on the, it's like a tablet tablet. You can, okay. uh, but the difficulty is high. All right, I would like to try. Okay, give me a fight roll. Son of a bitch. An eight. <laughs> okay, so you pick up this tablet and you are sort of like lugging it, kind of dragging it off the table, trying to stuff it in your backpack. And I was like, no, 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 tablet 34. I need to return this one. I need to return it. Does it go in the restricted section? It does. It's part of the collections that we got from Castle Navaria. So I have, it'll be in I'm there. I'm going to go in there. Oh, uh, okay. Well, then you can visit it in the restricted section after I put it back in there. Okay. Hagen's like, oh, sorry. I mean, library protocol. Oh, yeah. It's it's from one of the collections from Castle Navaria. We got a big Norse area. We got a big Sumerian and cuneiform uh, artifacts. We got ancient Egyptian artifacts. Uh, Castle Navaria was really a treasure trove for artifacts, and they were all kind of hidden and stolen from the areas that they had come from. So uh, this project is kind of a big one, and we're trying to like bring all of the artifacts back to the 
areas where they were taken from and make sure that the monsters who sort of have an, uh, I don't know, some sort of like cultural implication to these artifacts have like, well, uh, I'm bored with you. Um, you know, you can come by the library and, and talk about that if you want to hear more. But uh, yeah, there, there are lots of collections from Castle Navaria. Wow, I didn't know it was such a treasure trove of artifacts. No wonder someone would have to protect it so well. Oh yeah, I, well, I mean, nobody did. I guess the owner sort of sold it to, uh, well, I'm not sure that I'm supposed to talk about that, but. No, please go on. Oh, um, well, I guess I could get in trouble for telling you. Uh, he looks a little nervous. You can roll a flight roll or a flirt roll to try and convince him. Let me try flirt this time. A 10. Okay. Has those easy to flirt with. <laughs> uh, okay. Anything you do sort of makes his water blush a little bit darker blue. And he's like, oh, uh, uh, yeah, I, um, uh, I, I guess I could tell you. Uh, but you promise you won't tell anyone else. Lean in closer and my voice goes a little bit lower and more sultry. And I go, I am the soul of discretion. Oh, oh, I believe you. And like a little bit of his head water gets on you. <laughs> He's like, um, okay, well, Professor Talipa told me that she bought it from a reclusive monster. No one has seen him in hundreds of years. And he would only talk to Professor Taliba, so we don't really know who he is. I guess the rumors are that he's got sharp, pointy teeth and wings and also clawed feet. Um, but, you know, none of them really had seen him, so I don't know what he actually looks like. But, uh, yeah, he sold Castle Navaria to Professor Taliba um, to sort of fill up the museum here on campus. And she was really excited about it. Uh, but it ended up being a lot more than we expected. And we tore down all of the rooms of the castle, uh, all of the bricks, everything, to make sure that we found all of the secret hidden treasures inside. That's so fascinating. Thank you so much for telling me. It is, isn't it? Um, you know, I can show you some of the cuneiform words. This one here means love. And he's like pointing out the little squiggles on the, on the cuneiform tablet. Oh, wow. It does say love there, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. <laughs> so you say if I meet you in the library, you could tell me more about the curated items? Oh, just uh, just tell me when. I'll, I'll, I'll bring my notebook. I'll tell you everything I know. That sounds like a plan. Okay. And Hasno, like, nervously collects up his cuneiform tablet and all of his notes and says, I'll, I'll go put it all together so I can give you a presentation later today, okay? Yeah, that sounds great. He sort of scoots off and uh, reanimation class is everyone's trickling out. This is pretty much the end of the class. Everyone's gotten their frogs animated. Uh, is there anything else that you all want to do before we close it up for the night? Okay, cool. What an excellent and spooky Valentine's Day Monsters University episode. Thanks, y'all. That was so fun. Yeah, thank you for hosting. Yeah, thank that was super you. great. Okay, um, does somebody want to do a little suede plug? What is Suede Vegas? Sure. Uh, suede Vegas is a nonprofit that is 
by sex workers for sex workers. Uh, when you donate to Suede, 100% goes directly to sex workers in need. We also give out harm reduction supplies, um, other things. If you check out suedevegas.org, you can get a lot more information and different ways to contribute. Cool. Uh, all right, let's introduce our players. I'm going to go this way this time. We'll start with Violet. I'm Violet October. I am on everywhere as Violet October for Happy Strong. Okay, Cassie. I'm Cassie Cummings. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Cass Cummings Triple X, or you can uh, find me at CassieCummings.Pants. Awesome. Div. Hi, I am Girlbot Div. Uh, same name on Twitter, Insta, and Google. Okay, Ricky X. And Dominique. Dominique Delirium. You can find me on Twitter at Dom underscore Delirium, or you can go to my website, DominiqueDelirium.com, and learn about all my services and see some photos and stuff. Um, yeah. All right, awesome. So that's episode four of Monsters University. Thanks for sticking it out, everybody. And uh, I'm Jane Judge, your Game Master, and I'll see you next time with more <laughs> slutty monsters. <laughs> All right, let's give it an evil laugh for Valentine's Day, a spooky romantic one.